0: You can move, just don't touch your mic. (laughs) It's fine, just don't touch your mic. That should be easy, right? Now I wanna touch it even more. I know, but you know what? have a drink okay
1: so let's see let's see if i can recognize by the glimpse of the label i saw you're drinking mom Napa.
0: yeah and it's so boring that i'm drinking the same thing that i drank last week but you know
1: it was was rose last week
0: that's right this is brute prestige yes so yes uh i actually wanted to get a bottle of like proper champagne but uh this whole week I've been a little bit off my schedule because I was in the Sparks verse on Monday and Tuesday. What are but, you yeah, thinking?
1: Uh, well, you know, I too kind of went with the boring La Marca Prosecco, which is a tasty Prosecco for $15. But I was thinking two things about the sparkling wines. Um, first with, with this one, I remember when this kind of came out in the Midwest market and you were back visiting and I think we were ha- up visiting Beth in uh, St. Paul and went on like a wine run and she was like no you guys no, trust me this is a an affordable really drinkable Prosecco and yeah and it's now pretty popular here in at least in the Midwest.
0: I agree. No, it's popular here too. Um, I did actually have a quick look in at the Proseccos, but I needed something that was chilled because right before this, I went swimming because it's really nice and warm. Um, I'm sorry to say to all of our listeners (laughs) in colder climes and, um, I mean, it's it's like a heat wave here in Los Angeles. So it was actually warm enough to go swimming. So I went swimming with a friend, uh, Mm -hmm. right before this and, uh, yeah just made it it just
1: sing uh the other thing i was going another wine talk that i wanted to bring up
0: was wine talk
1: leslie welcome to wine talk
0: um, welcome to wine talk
1: <laughs> uh was i think you made the joke last week about that your mom napa wasn't really champagne and uh yes. Well, like that's such a fun. Like my cousin or my niece was like, it was it was laughing about it because she's like, yeah, we know. Like my generation gets that. We know you don't have to tell us. And so like, she's in her early twenties, and um, so uh, this was then. uh, I think this was like the Christmas before the Capitol riot. We were having this conversation, Mm -hmm. and then right after the Capitol riot, Tanya sent me a meme that said. It's only a real coup if it's from the yes. region of France. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not from the Coup d'etat de region of France, then it's just sparkling white racism.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I have actually seen that meme. I've seen that meme. I was actually thinking about that the whole uh, which, you know, here's all I'm going to say. Champagne is great. Good champagne is, is fantastic. You can get a lot of excellent sparkling wine from a variety of regions. So you know I, mean, I
1: just downed my glass while you were saying that. Well I'm I I did half of mine. The glasses are just so small. Mm. Um <laughs> the That's other true. thing I was well this the is other very thing that good. made me think I of with, with the um with the uh, if it's not champagne it's from the champagne region is uh Joe and I have a running joke about uh the Marie Antoinette's like let them eat cake, you know, quotes. And he's like you know, there's always that one guy who can't let it go. She didn't really say that, you know. So everyone's you know, like, <laughs> one of us will hold out. We'll look at each other and be like. By the way,
0: it is almost certainly a dude. Like, oh, this is the same person who will be like, you know, we're not actually democracy. We're a republic, blah, blah, blah. Or this is the same person who'll be like, let me explain to you why the Electoral College is really important. Like... It's, it's a real man thing no offense hashtag not all men we know um but but it's usually I mean, yeah you know she, she didn't really say that though she didn't actually say that in fact that's kind of a gross misquotation blah 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 yeah, she was yeah we, know. we know we <laughs> know
1: so it's not champagne it's, it says right here it is
0: a dessert wine <laughs> It's funny you mentioned Greece because I have a Greece reference that I'm going to allude to in my conference discuss- or conference. I meant concert, but in a way, it was a conference of of Sparks ex- obsessives.
1: Yes. We have a very special episode of Sparks and Sparkling uh, this week because why is that, Miss Melanie?
0: Because I went to the Spark show and it was so nice. I went twice, which was great because the first night I went with my husband and it was very fun. But then he was like, when the next day I was like, I should go again. Actually, it was amazing. I I mean, why not? They're in town. I'm in town. Just do it. Why not? And he said to me, but I don't understand why you'd go a second night when you saw them last night. And I was just like, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand me at all. You don't
1: understand. So Melanie, you went to see the Sparks, their first uh, concert since COVID.
0: I went to see the Sparks show. It was amazing. I was so excited. I had tickets for Monday. Monday was so much fun. The Tuesday morning, I thought to myself, hey, I could go tonight. Why not? I'm here i bet i could get a ticket meanwhile i was
1: texting you like like bad idea bear like do it go for it no
0: i i i believe you said ride the wave and i was like man amy knows me so well ride the wave you're right i am gonna ride this freaking wave and off i go and honestly um the second night for me was better um we'll we'll talk about what i think do i think the second night was better for the? they were both they they were both amazing performances of course it sparks they're not gonna they won't let you down (laughs) okay like i feel like if sparks was gonna have a bad show like knowing they weren't ready knowing they could do a little bit more practice they would probably just cancel the show if possible like they 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 really i feel like they aim for excellence when they're performing, you know, it's the whole like we're not going to hear their bad songs because they won't ever allow them to be released. Um, it's, it's same with the show. Uh, so it was it was really great, and actually, I am very prepared to talk to you about it.
1: Tell me about like uh the so the first night. Tell me a little bit about the audience and the vibe. And you were showing some merch that you got. I definitely want to look at that. Uh, you know, why don't you hold that oh, up again? Show us that. I,
0: I, I got you. I got Take you. Sure. We're we're gonna talk about it. Um, I feel like night two was even better than night one, for for me it definitely was. Um, and we're gonna talk about the set list. So I know there are people out there who um don't want to know the set list because they want to be surprised but basically some people are like oh my god I need to know every single song they played other people are like please don't tell me because I want surprises when I go to see them so we are going to talk about it um I'm gonna say something about the set list right now and then I'm going to kind of talk a little bit I'm actually going to talk a bit about the set list and then I'll sort of talk about the lead up to it so the first thing I'll say about the set list is that you could kind of call it the sparks brothers set list like it, it seemed to me very influenced I'm, I'm sure it was it was not a theme. it was very influenced by the sparks brothers uh documentary and while we are on that subject i feel like we need to give it up for edgar wright okay like first of all there would be no sparks and sparkles Without Edgar Wright. There'd obviously be Sparks, but there wouldn't be this podcast. Okay. So that would be really sad, you guys. So Edgar, <laughs> you
1: gotta really appreciate how you influence us to create this.
0: Exactly. And you know <laughs>
1: right. but
0: but actually what I really wanna say is that Sparks without that documentary, they would obviously still be immensely respected. And hugely influential, but what Edgar Wright did, and I have read some interviews with him, where he kind of talked like he talked about, I think he saw them and if I'm getting these facts right I'm not 100% sure but he saw them I want to see in 2017, he was with another director. And he, Edgar Wright, said to this guy, "You know what this band needs? They need a documentary. That would make them like really. That would make them as big as they deserve to be." And I believe the other director said, "You should do it." And he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." You know? Um, but I feel like he actually did succeed because I hear all the time that um, someone saw the documentary and now they're really into them. And that's kind of I knew about them, but I certainly wasn't at this level of obsession. Uh, beforehand and it's been really fun that's my take and i i back to the set list i really feel like the set list is the song list that edgar wright and the sparks mm-hmm. brothers built um so anyway i will get into it i will get more into detail with that so if you don't want to be spoiled uh i will kind of give you another uh warning <laughs> about that edgar wright was this at is that your shot. first
1: warning you get two <laughs>
0: Oh, Edgar Wright was at the show too. Oh, I knew, wonderful. I knew he would be. I knew he would be. I mean, come on. I thought to myself, if I lived in London and I had the money and the freedom to travel to LA to see Sparks, and I was a Sparks super fan to the extent that I made a whole documentary about them. <laughs> would I go to the show? Yes, I would go. <laughs> so so he was there, although I also suspect because both nights, um, Russell thanked Edgar Wright. They, they, they took a moment in the show to just talk about the Sparks Brothers movie and Annette, uh, but to thank Edgar. And of course, because he has really given them a wider audience. And it's kind of like something that I think I said on a previous episode. Like, I think when you create art of any sort, you always have this conflict between your desire to create something that's really coming from your heart and your soul, but then you want people to appreciate it and ideally, you would like to be able to just do that which means people have to buy it or in some way there needs to be a monetary exchange exchange so you can keep doing it yeah Yeah. so i know or at least i i think obviously i don't know i'm not in these guys head that there probably has always been that for as as there is for so many artists that um, conflict between wanting to have commercial success but really wanting to stay true to your art and knowing that that might not be the most commercially successful route so anyway I've, I've spoken a lot any any comments
1: no I mean I I, I figured this episode was going to be a lot of you talking to me drinking and nodding and imagining how wonderful it was
0: I'll talk about night one first I went start to at
1: the second. very beginning uh, okay. okay how did the- it go parking your car
0: 1973 (laughs) I was born um (laughs) my my childhood was typical luge (laughs) lessons (laughs) that has here nor there I actually got an amazing parking spot which you know as someone who lives in LA this is pretty important Um, and in fact (laughs) um, the first night so the, the concert was at the Walt Disney Concert Hall in downtown LA. And I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about that building. It's a beautiful Frank Gehry designed building. So Frank Gehry is a very famous architect. If you've ever uh, seen the Bilbao Guggenheim that he's it's, it's quite a famous building. So we thought, hey, let's leave real early then we can park and we can kind of enjoy stuff which was a genius move. Um, that gave us time to park the car And uh, then we walked down a gigantic hill to the Redwood Lounge and Grill. So the food at this place was pretty average, but it was like a cool little dive bar that I would love to take you to. Um, The cool thing about it is that it's pirate themed. (laughs) So there's some sort of pirate Thing going on it's 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 not entirely clear what the pirate theme is it could be pirate burlesque because there was a lady who was doing some sort of posing in front of a pirate themed background on a stage pirate burlesque it was very confusing was it burlesque was it some sort of artsy posing i don't know but i did think that the lads in the band would approve of its bizarre strangeness. Um, and speaking of that, boy, were there Sparks fans there. Not only were there a lot of Sparks fans there, but they had a jukebox. And I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot, I've, I've personally spent a lot of time in bars. And I'm going to say that the jukebox not always play in the songs you want to hear a lot of tired old crap that you don't necessarily want to hear for the 80 millionth time. I'm looking at, I will say this
1: for the, for the folks in our audience out there, uh, you know, obviously Melanie, and I've known each other a long time before digital jukeboxes came around, whatever, but Melanie has always had the skill to, even in a pretty divey bar with a crappy jukebox with a, just a limited selection, she can pick awesome stuff. And so, you know, hats off little hats off to you, madam. She's always been good at that.
0: Cheers!
1: I also enjoyed watching you and your brother jukebox it off last summer in Wisconsin because I was like, um, you
0: mean, "Like you're
1: so siblings."
0: Yes, yes. And my my brother Ryan has a wonderful jukebox theory, which is never play a down song on the jukebox at a bar. Save it for at home. You're out. You're having a good time. But my I point do. is, like, man, this jukebox was playing one banger after another. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because there were tons of Sparks fans in there. So they're all music obsessives. Um, Unfortunately, there was only one poor lady working the entire bar. So, um, you know, it took a while to get things done. But once we were done, we walked up the gigantic hill. Uh, Not that it made an impression for me. Um, And then we got into the merch line. Los Angeles is very strict about covid uh, restrictions and so like we had to be we had to make sure we had someone checking that we were triple vaxxed um and when we were I, I definitely wanted to get merch. Um it, it took a while to get in there so um I wish oh <laughs> I was gonna tell you while we were waiting a security guard told us to move over to the side and like everyone's like okay yes sir and the guy behind me joked that he hadn't seen a group of people this compliant at a rock show since he'd gone to a Weird Al gig. <laughs> so that really made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> very, 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 yes sir, of course officer. We will do it.
1: Um, we like music for the intellectual uh, impact that it has on our lives.
0: Kind of, kind of. We
1: like following rules too.
0: Well, you know, I like breaking them too, but um, I, know when to do, I know when to hold them and when to fold them. Anyway. <laughs> uh i wish that i i I kind of felt like i had to rush the merch because we waited so long and then you wanted to get in there but uh for those of you who are interested in what merch they've got they had new shirts they had new posters which ah, i wish i had known this apparently the posters they had were signed and dated oh so that's super cool I'm going to check to see if they have them when we go in Chicago, because we're going to Chicago. Um, but uh, that's really cool. I got a shirt with a classic Sparks logo in blue because I had really wanted one of those. But for some reason, Sparks hq merch comes from the uk so then it's going to take you forever to get it um if you are in los angeles or you could buy a bootleg but i just don't feel good about that you know i already have my own feelings about doing this podcast because i don't want i don't want the guys to think i'm just leeching off them i'm not this is like a work of this is a love worship thing i hope you know like worship's the wrong word but it's it's an homage I just want you to know that. Um, anyway, I, I have not felt good about buying a bootleg because I would rather give the money directly to the band. Actually.
1: You've always, yeah. I mean, yeah. N- enough said. We obviously are not playing. We, as much as we would love to play clips of the music on our podcast and on our the YouTube, you know, video version, we don't have permission to do it, and so I we'd rather just sit, put a link to the Sparks uh, sponsored YouTube site, you know. So One day,
0: me. gentlemen, call us. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll meet. You guys can have sushi or whatever. We'll- I can talk
1: to your lawyers.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever works. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to buy a bootleg, so I got that. They also had some really charming things like a beret with sparks. In multicolored, oh, that's awesome! I sense someone might be buying one in Whoa. Chicago.
1: <laughs> I hope they're still on sale.
0: And as I said, this amazing oh. coloring book. Although I've noticed, I don't know if you, have, it doesn't. Ron doesn't have a mustache.
1: Bring I, it to, close to the camera so you can it. see it.
0: I'm trying to help. There, oh, look. Oh.
1: Wait, no, he's yeah. got a mustache in the top. Well, But I see what you're saying.
0: But not here. Look, hold on, no, not here oh but then of course he's a blonde there so who knows I mean there's there's
1: there's an amount of willing suspension of disbelief you have to realize it's a (laughs) cartoon book
0: Right, right, right. So that's pretty um, awesome.
1: so for the audio, for the audio, uh, Melanie. It, what was it? It was a Sparks coloring book, right? Yeah, it's they a Sparks coloring there, book. album covers.
0: Uh, album covers, uh, a couple promo photos from all eras. So that's pretty cool. Um, they also had some CDs and vinyl, but unfortunately, I can't tell you anything about the quality or issue of those because see episode one of the show. I'm not really a collector in any of that stuff. So i was in a rush and i just didn't really look at it i was like oh hey cool plus they were playing sparks music in the the gift shop and i was actually distracted by that
1: i could see getting kind of distracted with that and then you're like oh i I hope they play this one i hope they play this one
0: i was thinking exactly that plus they played good morning from exotic creatures of the deep which uh is probably my favorite song from that and so i was slightly distracted by that too were these
1: the posters that you out later? these are the
0: posters i and they had signed posters there for only 25 bucks which like wow I wish I had known you know what honestly I just didn't want a giant ear hanging up but you know what I I'm gonna make that sacrifice for art
1: I <laughs> suffer for my own yes. yeah and then this is the shirt you got it is a yes shirt.
0: yes and the back has all their true dates which honestly I wish it didn't I I you know what? I I just want the logo. I I don't need I'm not in high school anymore. I don't need to brag that I went to the show. But but that's
1: that's me. That's, uh, me. that's me. That's not that's everyone. Yeah, cuz we're doing a whole episode about it.
0: <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm doing it for the fans. <laughs> I'm doing it for, well, I'm doing who this who this for you. <laughs> Actually, I don't feel like I'm bragging, oh, but you're not.
1: You know, I was totally um, teasing. That was completely a joke.
0: No, but you know how in in high school, like yeah. did you do this like the night after the big excess show, everybody is at school in their inaccess shirt showing that they they went or like, Ooh, Metallica was in town. Check it out. I've got the Metallica shirt. You know, i I was like that for sure. even if I didn't go to the concert, I'd find someone who went and be like, "Hey, get me a shirt so I can be cool." <laughs> Um, but now I just want to say, yay, Sparks. Um, so I want now to sort of bring us into the stage. Like, basically, I'm, I'm taking you on a journey. A- after, after you know, the pub and, and walking up the hill and, and getting everything, we, we finally went through merch and we went and got our seats. Uh, we were up in the terrace. We were pretty high up. But honestly, the arrangement of the Walt Disney Concert Hall is that carousel carousel style where every seat is potentially pretty good so if you've ever been i don't to me the thing it reminded me of was the royal albert hall in london which uh if you have ever been and it the royal albert hall is much bigger but it is also circular and is kind of set up so that like the seats sort of go gradually up so everybody has a pretty good view of the stage um which uh, they The Walt Disney Hall was like that, but on a much smaller level. So we were pretty far away, but you could still see fairly well. And now, Amy, earlier you asked me about the age of the concert goers.
1: The the, the, the vibe, yeah, but I guess the age, because yeah.
0: (laughs) The vibe. Okay, so like there's all this talk that Sparks has, you know, fans of all ages. And I do believe that's true. I, I do believe that is true. Uh, but I would say the majority of the people at this show were certainly of a certain age that I am as well. <laughs> like, I mean, there were a lot of uh, middle aged people there, I would say. And you know what? Hey, Ron and Russell are in their 70s. So I feel like that's fine. But what I will say about those people was that they're the cool people. Okay. Um... There were lots of really great outfits lots there was a woman who had um i called her funky jean skirt lady she had like this really cool long skirt that was almost like a hoop skirt with stripes and it was like the tops of jeans like you know the button bit and then she just had lots of those going down it was very cool lots of bright leopard um uh lots of beret action lots of beret action later i saw someone who had made an entire outfit inspired by one of russell's 80s suits like i don't know if you've seen that suit that has a little cacti yeah very glitter have you seen the one that's like yellow and it's got cacti on it i
1: think so i'm just not coming to my mind right now but yeah somehow
0: she had a whole outfit planned around that but but far far better than that was a group of ladies who uh remember you mentioned greece they had sort of greece style black satin jackets on that were black and then in the back and white in curfus in cursive they said team ron i mean they looked like a very cool girl gang i'm sure if the lads saw them they were impressed here's what i think what I think is that they look pretty awesome. And if there isn't a group of ladies ready to make some bright satin, I feel like it has to be bright colors because Russell, uh, bright satin jackets that say Team Russell on the back, (laughs) there really should be. And then there needs to be a rumble. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a
1: musical rumble. (laughs) Yes,
0: I, I was about to say not a real, not a real rumble. Okay, more of like a, a sharks win. you're jet, you're jet all the way more of like sharks and jets, or maybe homage to the famous mods versus rockers battle that happened on Brighton beach uh, in the UK in the early 60s, but, uh, but they were, they were pretty cool. Uh, so
1: oh, yeah. I love it. How fun.
0: Yeah, totally. So now, now I'm going to get into the concert just after eight. So they were playing like this very nice choral music. I'm assuming if they play that when we go see them together, you're, you're going to really enjoy that. You know, you're going to enjoy the whole classical thing. I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, let's get to the sparks. But uh, that was quite nice. Around eight, they cut that off and then you can sort of feel this frisson of excitement <laughs> watermelon watermelon great great watermelon. <laughs> exactly exactly and then and then when they finally open uh there is a giant organ in the walt disney concert hall which ron walked out to and they had like red lights and then ron was wearing all black he was like just right in the middle of this gigantic organ playing the opening bars to number one in heaven it was very cool very very cool i i gotta think that when they first went into that space and started rehearsing at some point someone saw that organ was like oh man yeah we gotta we gotta play that
1: (laughs) maybe that's why they picked this uh picked this location
0: could be that's very cool could be
1: what a cool design for an organ too i
0: know i know you know and that i feel like again that's like totally the sparks vibe like very theatrical very over the top very dramatic it totally worked and you know i have to i i did think to myself when they came out and they started to play i wondered what was going through their heads about playing there because I'm sure they played a lot of, as, as they say in the UK, spit and sawdust venues back in the early days. And um, certainly in the eighties here, these guys seem to have been like on an amusement park tour. Like I've heard all these people say like, oh, hey, I saw them at Magic Mountain. I saw them at Disneyland for Grad Night, which if you don't know what Grad Night is. Joe and but, yeah. Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Um, there is at Disneyland does this thing called grad night where like they keep the place open late for people who are graduating from high school. Maybe, maybe junior high. I don't know. I didn't grow up in California. But what I'm gonna tell you is that my impression of it is if you are attending grad night as a grad, it's probably fucking amazing. But if you are at Disneyland and it's grad night, it's horrible. It's like (laughs) hell because there are all these teenagers running around. But anyway. I have to feel like it was quite a moment for them. Um, So I'm going to get into the set list now.
1: Haven't they played some fairly significant gigs? Like I thought with the Franz Ferdinand stuff, they had some bigger.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's actually not my point. My point is, you know, (laughs) there's playing a stage by the de loop at magic mountain and then there's playing the walt disney concert hall which is the home of the la philharmonic yeah. it's a very uh,
1: that's true vibe in terms of respect
0: and prestige yeah. yeah and of course they they deserve it they've earned it um that was my so, best. <laughs> so now I'm i'm gonna start getting into the set a little bit I don't know that I'm going to talk about every single song, but I made a list of all the songs. I I, I wrote down the I I, I very carefully uh, wrote down and dedicated. You are our down,
1: intrepid Sparks reporter on this, Melanie
0: Johnson Cave Girl reporter. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I wrote down all the songs, and I kind of wish well afterwards i found out that like eight million people also published the set list i was like i could have just waited but oh (laughs) well.
1: no that's so great that means like there were so many people who are excited about it and really into it yes
0: uh so they started with so may we start from annette have you seen annette yet i haven't i have not so i feel like the next time we're together we're gonna because rob keeps saying he's gonna watch but he doesn't really watch it i feel like next time we're together we're gonna sparkles it up and then we're finally gonna watch it which um,
1: i mean we're gonna be together in what four to five weeks because woo-hoo! you're coming here to chicago and yeah. we're gonna see sparks here in chicago so there'll be another yeah. episode i'm sure
0: oh yeah I, I will be very interested in if they change the set because if you recall i said it was very much the sparks brother set so lots and lots of music that was featured in the documentary they they started with um so maybe start as i said but then they moved into some 80s classics they played angst in my pants which actually has recently really grown on me the whole angst in my pants album has really grown on me it's it's one of their albums i would call a grower it, it's a grower and a shower actually
1: yeah, yeah, I like Angst in that. My Pants a lot. I think that's a great song and everything I've heard and seen from the album I've enjoyed, but I but I was also really, I, I lean more towards the 80s Sparks, so.
0: I, I love it all, actually. Yeah. I love it all. I think there are gems in every era, actually. Um, and by the way, speaking of later times, Sleater Kinney does an excellent cover of Angst in My Pants. Just go ahead and YouTube that, baby. You're gonna I think like I have
1: it. watched it yeah yeah good
0: it's good in fact their cover is what made me really like it because i just i don't know and sometimes i feel like that happens with songs like it's a good song but you just don't appreciate the original version then you hear a cover and you're like hey this is really good that's how i felt about but it's great anyway they played that then when they played tips for teens i'm just gonna say i lost my freaking shit i was so excited and i was (laughs) dancing like a maniac to the point that my husband was like calm calm yourself which is why i had to go the next night and sit closer among the sparks obsessives so i could dance crazily and everyone be like yay we're all dancing because where we were sitting since we were so high up like you always if you've ever been to a show i've been to a number of shows like this where like it's a sort of classical more classical venue and the seating is not really designed necessarily for rock concert going so if you're in a higher up seat You might feel like a little bit, yeah, you feel afraid you're going to fall over if you start dancing. Sometimes they have security that won't even let you dance. So like there was a little dancing, but it was mostly chair dancing up in the terrace, but you could see that down in the, um, in the orchestra area, like people were really getting down and I was just very envious and wanted to be there, which I was the next night. So
1: you made it happen. Like so many things, Melanie just makes it happen. So then the second night when you were, where were you sitting the second night?
0: The second night I had amazing seats. I was uh, like maybe seventh row in the main orchestra area. So I was very close and, and that was great because, um, you know, concert going is, it can be an intimate thing. It's, it's a really, you know, when you think about performance, there's the aspect where you are just experiencing it. There's the aspect of the band or the performer playing and them just doing that on their own. But then there is an interaction between both groups. The yeah. second night, because I was closer, felt much more intimate um, because I could see the band, more clearly so i could i could see their emotions um or at least what i thought were their emotions on their face um you know one thing that occurred to me when i was watching the show was how happy i was to be at a concert again i haven't been to a concert since october 2019 i saw courtney barnett who i mean she was awesome i saw her in a really small space and it was great um, but the second night, I also think the second night they like they, they put on a great show both nights, and but I feel like the second night they were maybe a little bit more relaxed because even for them, it had been quite a long time since they had done a show like yeah, that. And especially if you remember-
1: I was going to say the second night in the same venue, like you have all your technical shit worked out. I mean, I know like, because you don't get that much time to re- rehearse in, in spaces like that. Right. And, um, I don't know how many, like, so wh- what was their backup band set up? Like, like what oh, was band, not backup, yeah, but what was what the, band, the full band set up? Like, uh, what do you mean? Like, drums, keyboards, yeah, they, had drums, they had a gong second-
0: player? Anyone on <laughs> timpani? I don't know. <laughs> they had drums, they had guitar, they had bass, they had a second keyboard player. Um, I think that's it for the main band. I apologize to any band no, members no, okay. that I might No, thing. no, I I don't want to forget cuz they were all great. They were all like amazing. They were so good. I felt at the beginning of the show because like Russell did sort of your 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 typical concert patter with so, so.
1: Hey! <laughs> hey! How's it going? Cincinnati. Hello, Cincinnati. Yeah, or whatever. But how many of you are wearing your masks?
0: Woo! <laughs> well, we all were because it was Los Angeles. So, but um I that felt a little more like, oh my god, I hope this works. Like, and that's it was definitely delivered much better than that. But I felt a little bit of that shakiness in the delivery. Oh on the monday and i felt much less of that on tuesday actually tuesday when they started they had some sort of i think a sound issue um right at the beginning of the show and in fact this was just kind of cool because where i was sitting you could see the shadow of russell about to come out on stage like you and and actually the person i was sitting next to it we were like think that's Russell and yes it was but it was taking so long like they had kind of started that opening bit of so may we start and I'm like what is going on and the person actually said oh, I bet they have a problem and then suddenly all the sound kicked in and we were like oh sound problem but you know what that should happens we know that i mean like if you've no, done I mean, any sort of stage stuff you know that crap they've got the more. anticipation going <laughs> yes and actually to be honest i thought it sounded all right without that so it was fine uh, but, the, but person they, the, uh, was <laughs> the person in the orchestra seats oh what was that the person in the orchestra seats. oh that's awesome um but i i just felt they were a little bit more relaxed but anyway the other thing i will say is that you would really to a large extent not know that these guys were in their 70s okay like i'm just gonna say russell is 73 years old when my grandmother was 73 years old she needed a cane and assistance to walk everywhere and she had to have dialysis three times a week now granted she was not a well woman but Russell is the same age. And he was like bouncing on that stage, like nobody's business. Like he was really giving it his all and it was very impressive. So
1: that's awesome. Well, they talk about that in the, in the documentary that at least what I took away from his point, because they showed him at the gym is that he really understands the physicality of how he wants to make music and how he wants to be able to move and, and what it takes to continue that. And, you know, one of the things I was curious about, because we've talked before about his amazing vocal prowess, and, you know, as you age, your, your, your voice does change, your larynx or your vocal folds sometimes change, and sometimes you develop a lower range or a higher range that maybe you didn't have at a different uh, age in your life, and it seems like, from what I can tell, he has really worked to continue to maintain quite a range and yeah. It's something you have to kind of keep working at. I've been singing more lately. I hadn't been singing for a while. And like, you forget like, Oh yeah. That's, oh, 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 that's right. Yeah. That one. Oh yeah. That one. I gotta, you know, it takes a little extra effort to to keep yourself in vocal shape as well as just the physical shape. That
0: you must be it's in. amazing how many things we do that like you need to do them regularly for you to be good at them. You know, I just, started taking a french class again i don't know if i told you about this but um well, you told me. my you told me. first what was that i
1: said you told me maybe not the audience but yes
0: well anyway everybody
1: knows taking a french
0: class we <laughs> it, it's been a long time since i've taken a french class and the first day i'm listening to things and i actually had no problem really understanding most of what was being said but i could hear when i spoke like just 8 million mistakes because it had been so long since I'd had to speak in French. So, you know, if you're going to sing and particularly if you're going to sing and hit all of those high notes, you're going to have to practice a lot. I did notice when I was closer, like when I, when I was closer the second night, I I had an excellent view of the, the stage. And I saw that Russell really had like He just had like a shit ton of water up there. And I have heard him say that one of the things he really tries to do is keep his vocal cords hydrated, which I'm sure is very important for hitting some of those notes. Um, Yeah, actually,
1: you have a, (laughs) we used to joke as singers, phlegm is your friend, but not too much phlegm. Because (laughs) the vocal folds actually like bang against each other and they have a light coating of mucus on them. when you get hoarse or when you lose part of your voice either the folds are swollen or the mucus might you know not be the right consistency and so you're not getting that like vibration that you would normally get and like i said over time that changes and Hmm. you know people who are some singers continue to work to either maintain their original range and add to it or just go with the new range so the fact that he's Anyway, what well, they're they're both wonderful musicians, and you can tell that they've really continued to hone their art and, and do what they need to do to make beautiful music.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. It was great seeing them. Um, so they they did I predict as well. So they kind of did like a slew of 80s, and um then they moved into like they, they they did sort of mix it up among eras, and one thing I'm gonna say. That may be a bit controversial i believe it's a topic for discussion amy audience um so this was sort of a point that came up in the sparks brothers documentary again and again was that these guys do not just do a greatest hits concert but this was kind of a greatest hits concert however what i would say was that it's not like when you go see the rolling stones and they do like all of their great hits from 1965 they 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 did that but they really took that playlist directly from the sparks brothers so you could argue that it is also a new totally new set because they're kind of taking it from something they've done recently and i would suspect i mean who knows i'm not the band i don't know what creative direction they want to go into but i suspect the next time we see them on tour if we're fortunate enough to do so they will have a completely different set list um but they they really had all eras so they had stuff from little beethoven they did um i married myself which was quite a lot of fun um i can i spoil it for you or not should i i don't I don't care about spoilers. Oh, okay. So the, the gimmick that I suspect we will see in Chicago is Russell had a, a little mirror. So he at the, Hey baby, how you doing? He's looking at himself. That was, that was pretty, pretty fun. And I will also tell you that, um, on night two right before they did i married myself someone in the audience shouted out we love you russell and then a couple minutes later more people shouted out we love you ron (laughs) it was it was i i think there are a lot of um there are people who've taken sides and they they take it um very seriously i say I love you both guys. You're both geniuses and you both impress me in many ways. So, uh anyway, they they did that. We had a little bit of Ron singing which was yeah, great. He um did. he sang Shopping Mall of Love, which well he didn't he 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 does I I don't actually know it that well either. Um and I cannot I know this is going to I know there are people who are listening who are going to be like, it's from this album, but I actually don't know what album it's from. It's, it is from one of the eighties albums though. Uh, It could be Sparks in Outer Place or or Outer Space or Cool Places. Um,
1: You know, I was listening to, speaking of his singing, I was listening to Gratuitous Sax and the version that I was listening to had a song in there called um, uh, Mid-Atlantic.
0: Yes, yes. And he he does a version of it.
1: And I, w- you know, when it came on, I was like kind of listening and I was working and I was like, this is not Russell singing. Who is this? And <laughs> and I looked and I was like, you know, again, that's just quick detour for a second. No, no, After detour. Concert, um, I was really struck listening to that because I was like, wow, this whole song has a real like Bell and Sebastian's like it does. Song. I and agree Hardy with that. Is, he's got, you know, just a different sounding voice around. He really vocals. does. Um, and just the instrumentation it was again one of those many many instances and when you listen to a spark song where you're kind of taken off into a different a totally different time period and it's it's really fun to I don't know I really enjoy that about it
0: yeah no I agree with you and actually it's funny you mentioned that I have been listening this week to the seduction of Ingmar Bergman which I gotta say I'm just gonna tell you that there's one particular song on there that I really enjoy. And I went to YouTube and somebody had written the comment because I think there were only like seven likes or something. Someone had written the comment. Or no, there were nine. There were nine. Someone had written the comment. How can there be only nine fans of English, Swedish rock opera? I weep for this country. (laughs) And I, I commented awesome. 10 now. 10. Now there's 10. I'm, I'm counting. 10. <laughs> well, but anyway. We need to include the link then. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. And Amy, I recommend that you listen on YouTube to the English version first so you can really get the whole story. Then after that, you can go to your streaming service of choice and just do the Swedish version and you're good. Um, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> that comment really made me laugh my point is this uh ron has a singing uh part in the musical and it's perfect for his role is what i will say because his voice is obviously it's not as developed as russell's um it's a a lot softer yeah anyway uh so he did that they did um Uh, they did another song from Annette they did we love each other so much and Russell was wearing these like very bright chartreuse pants um, which when they did we love each other so much they changed like the little smoky background to sort of like a aquamarine background and I thought oh my gosh this looks like the cover of Annette clever clever um but that was really good they did uh never turn your back on mother earth which was really great um you know that's every time i hear that song i go
1: like god damn it like human race you know because that was written in what 75 76 i don't remember when
0: 74 it's on propaganda Uh, so it was written in 1973 or 74 or around that period relevant song yes
1: (laughs) especially now because like you know what now mother earth we're getting more floods fucking snowed in turkey this year
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i'll admit i'll admit i was unfaithful but from now i'll be more faithful i mean what a great line that is just like a fantastic line but um, I will say I wrote my notes many, many, many times. How does Russell do it? I wrote that down many times because all of the songs, like I haven't told you the whole set list. I, I don't think we're going to talk about every single song, but um, they had such a range from their really early stuff to their later stuff and there were a few song, and not only could russell hit all those notes and yes you could hear that his voice had had changed with time but there were a few where his voice sounded so similar to the way it sounds on that recording that he did you know 30 decades ago or 30 decades 30 the, the the sparkles i know it's i'm in. definitely thinking- <laughs> Yeah, it's kicking it i'm end. feeling a bit merry as they might say i'm feeling a bit merry you know it's better than feeling tired and emotional insert your favorite british euphemism for uh drunkenness uh, below but anyway uh i i yes here's one of my notes for never turn your back on mother how in fuck can russell still hit those notes that's what i wrote amateur hour how does Russell fucking do it these are my notes <laughs> yeah
1: I'm into, you know I'm interested in hearing that because I was listening to the light like that live performance from 74 of that I think when it was like right after like the women had like said
0: yes I, you can actually go and watch uh, that same performance live and watch um, girls throw themselves at Ron and Russell if you if you wish
1: and what I was so what I'm what I'm really interested in hearing in um, Like, again, they are just so musically amazing that I'm so excited to hear him sing it live. But in that performance, you know, he sometimes when you're doing something live, you don't hit all the notes. Sometimes you have to drop a note, an octave or you have to mark a note, meaning that you're not singing it at full volume because, you know, you have another like hour of singing after this. So I'm sure he must just know that knows his voice and knows the tips and the tricks to get through a two hour block of singing pretty you know pretty broad music which is why I do often you know not that he's singing like a fully classical singer <clears throat> but he is singing like you like a classical singer has to sing two straight hours in a show they have to be able to manage what they're doing and um it's really such a skill set and it's so exciting to hear somebody do it I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it
0: which is interesting, Amy, because of course you have a background in opera. And I mean, you know me, I'm not so interested in opera. I, I like a few. I, I like a bit of Carmen. I like you know, a little bit of that, That's but right. I'm probably not going to kick back with some opera. But um, certainly the male brothers certainly ron is a is, is an opera fan i feel like you can hear that in the music i, oh, yeah. I feel like There's you so really can
1: just not even opera just classical references or yes you know to yeah
0: absolutely yes um but uh you know i i felt that when i was watching you know when i was seeing this just that the kind of the operatic the feel to all of the music um but yes they they kind of built us to their classics they did my way towards the end which was a great one i feel like there were a couple really great moments for me one was they played wonder girl which was so exciting because my dad now loves that song and so I had actually texted him because I heard it in the gift shop, and then they played it, and I was like, "Oh my god, Dad! They played Wonder Girl! I can't believe it!" Um, oh, that's awesome. But then they followed that up with Stravinsky's only hit, which I believe is on a steady drip, 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 and I just loved the idea of playing their very first single, well, their first one that actually got radio airplay, and then playing something from their most recent album. I just, wow, chef's kiss. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and of course, because it sparks, it worked. But yeah, they, they kind of built us. So that was a great moment. Another great moment was when they played music that you can dance to. I was like, holy shit, you're kidding. You're actually playing this. And that was when I feel like in night one, I knew I had to go for night two because like, I just really wanted to get down but I was up in the terrace. (laughs) So I had to just, you know, resign myself to chair dancing but I could see up in the fabulous seats it was quite a party and i needed to be there and then the next night i was there oh, so horror. so I that was I again
1: I- i'm you know, I think like I'm thinking back to like, oh, you should hear, you should like hear the shit I was texting her the next day, like, um, like so what if you have to work tomorrow? You're gonna have to work every day and the day after and the day after that. How many
0: exactly you get to see sparks, see <laughs> <Sing> sparks and <laughs> exactly. And I live in Los Angeles. I mean, come on. The second night, I actually didn't go. I didn't leave till seven because I knew when their show was gonna be. And so I thought, great, I'll let some of this traffic die down. I'll have dinner with my husband, then I'll head out. I know where to park now. I'll, I'll park there. And then by the time I'm Flap I'm through everything, hell. I'll be slipping right into the show. And I, I, it's exactly what happened. I got through everything really fast. I sat down 15 minutes before they started. And then I left like right at the end of the encore because I was, I mean, I, it was a beautiful, I think, Uh, Ron said some really lovely things that I missed um, just about how meaningful this, this was to them, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, but yeah, then I, I was, I was home like that, which if you live in LA, that's really important. (laughs) Middle-aged ladies concert. (laughs) (laughs) Middle-aged ladies concert. Can I get home fast? Um, But anyway, so then my way was another really great one oh, yeah. they ended they ended kind of the official with uh, this town mm-hmm. and then amateur hour i loved i loved that they ended with amateur hour i actually prefer amateur hour to this town but, yeah. you know this time it's, it's like a very complicated dress like it's beautiful but it's hard to put on it's heavy <laughs> you know we're like amateur hour i can just rock out and this is where i'm going to give it up to their band because their band they they were just as tight as their 1974 band like if you listen to the end of amateur hour there's some really great like ending guitar moments and this band got those like oh, wonderful. just beautiful they they had they had a great backing band I i'm sorry i cut what you what
1: off you i really enjoy about what i i mean i haven't listened to their whole like catalog of music yet but certainly as especially music from that time but i i think all of the songs i've heard they really they have really nice moments for all of the instruments there's some really yes. nice moments where the drum you know really can pick up and do a transition into a new time uh signature or like great guitar stuff but the little bass solos they just they it's like I don't know they obviously love music and they want to also highlight the other musicians that are
0: yes some of them. and I'll, I I think this is a good time to talk about um, the musicians unfortunately I do not know all of their names but I will just say that their band is not only adorable like they are just adorable cute little mus- musicians but they were so good and let me tell you about something that I just thought was so sweet so they they introduced the band then um, Russell introduced Ron. And of course everybody was like, woo, yay, Ron, you're a genius. But what was adorable to me was first of all, they looked so proud of their band, especially Ron. Ron looked like Proud Papa with his band. But then when Ron was sort of like going in front to sort of take his accolades, the band did this really cute, like, we're not worthy, bow down. Like they actually all went like this. They they went like we're not worthy. Wow, awesome. Oh my God. But then I thought to myself, because their musicians all look like they're probably in their 20s and 30s. So to learn from someone who's so talented, who's been doing this for five decades, it must just be an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, you're just so fortunate to be able to work with an artist who's got that much experience, who can show you so much. So it's funny, because I, I don't know if you've heard this, like Brian May from Queen once auditioned for sparks back in the 70s and they're they're like well i guess he made the better decision (laughs) you know like to go with queen so i'm sure as a as a working musician like of course you you want something that is going to bring you fame and and success and you may or may not get that backing someone like Sparks, but you're getting so much education, I'm sure. So so I thought that was amazing. And so now I, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the end of the show. So their their encores were suburban homeboy. I don't know do you know do you know that one
1: yeah
0: Yeah. and and actually Ron took some of the lyrics which was great so and he he did a great job with those and then they closed with all that which was a perfect one to end with
1: you know it is because it's a it's like a moderate tempo it's got a lot of lyrics people can hold their cell phones up
0: which they did and I want to talk about that (laughs) oh I had one I always have one you never know (laughs) You never know, oh. Amy. Amy, you never know. Oh, I always have one. My vape's charged. <laughs> my vape is fully charged. I'm ready to go. But um, so, you know, they the last two of the main show were this town and Amateur Hour. Then everyone was like, sparks, 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 come back. People did hold up their phones. I did actually pull up my lighter for night one for a minute just to, you know, kick it old school. But then um, night two people left their phones up. They left them up for Suburban Homeboy and then more people put them up during all that. And this is sort of what I mean about being a little closer, that you could just see the emotion. So like that me saying that Ron seems so proud of the band, that was from night two, that I could see that. And also like, I am a pretty good read of people's emotional states it is actually something that i'm just pretty good at i'm not Mm -hmm. trying to brag it it is a useful skill i could see where from where i was sitting on night two that like russell was clearly having a good time like once he got into it he was having a good time and he actually said like hey this is fun and again i think like night one you know people are gonna do reviews like it's it's been a long time since you've done that like even if you I know this it's from.
1: Show. yeah, this has been a long time. When when
0: you haven't done it for a while, even if you know that you can do it, you're still like, oh, I don't know. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? So everybody put up these their cell phones during all that, and they were just sort of moving them back and forth, and you could see that it was moving them. To see yeah. that, you know, a and a it, people,
1: I will say, <clears throat> when you're on stage. In many venues, uh, when the lights are on you, you can't really see much beyond like the first couple rows. Yeah. And so, um, depending on, I mean, some places have more house lighting and you can see, but in general, you can't really see the audience very well. But to be able to see all of those little lights swaying back and forth, that, that must be wonderful.
0: Yeah. And actually, like, I just noticed that it almost looked like a lot of sparks. And one thing, you know, this is a reason why I think Sparks is so special. Like if you look at who likes them, who's obsessed with them, a lot of times you'll find out like, it's it's somebody who's, who's like a very successful writer or artist or musician or director. Like I I do, think, I do think there's something about them that really influences people to go do something creative. I mean, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. And so to just kind of look at this circle of sparks, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And you could see they were looking at it. And then Russell said, wow, this is really beautiful. And I was like, oh God, this is such a moment. But this is kind of what I mean about that intimacy. This is why you always, I mean, and I actually did think to myself, I never want a bad seat at a show ever again. <laughs> like, I wanna be, anytime I've been at a show that's like a very small venue or I've had better seats, it's always a better experience for reasons like this. So there you go. I, I finished, I, I snuck out right at the very, very end. And I guess um, after I snuck out, Ron came out to just say that this show really meant a lot. To them. Um, But I will just say, I flew home on the 10. the Santa Monica freeway, the lights of LA were surrounding me. I was, I played all that. Then I kind of went into hippopotamus because I, I made a mistake and went a little too fast in my Sparks journey. I have to go back, but that is a really great album. And I just was just so filled with joy that I had seen that show and that I lived someplace where I could see something like that. And I love the lady all right I've had you know quite a bit oh, of sparkling oh, beverage yeah, my wine left And that friends it's was two nights at the Spark show. show and that's beautiful. a wonderful thing ladies a and gentlemen experience. and I I just want to bring it back to Edgar Wright for a minute because remember I went to the the Redwood lounge yeah. apparently he went there after the show. Ah! I should have gone. Oh, yay. Oh, <laughs> yay. Well, hey, very
1: fun. Um, I'm feeling a little tipsy right now. So I'm just going to wish you farewell. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And- Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know what? It's always a hazard, uh, Amy, on a show called Sparks and Sparkles that someone may <laughs> end up feeling a little tipsy by the end of it. I, you know, we suffer for our art. <laughs> it's true. And on that note, dear listeners, wow hi Bye bye. Yeah, Morty, what do you got?
1: Yeah, Morty, what do you got? Commercial. Uh... Take it. <laughs>